Hello and welcome to The Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and on this week's episode, I'm at the Beef 2022 Open Day in Chagas Grange and I'm joined by Chagas researcher Peter Doyle at the Sustainable Grassland Village. Peter, the Grassland Village is a real highlight at the Open Day. What are farmers hearing about today? So first of all, here in the Sustainable Grassland Village, we have a number of demonstration plots to outline practical ways to manage your grassland. The Grass 10 grazing demo is being led by a team of advisors and farmers outlining the grass wedge and a range of different grass covers from different regrowth intervals and the importance of maintaining um, pre-grazing heights of 1,500 kilos dry matter per hectare during this time of the year as the grass plant tries to produce a seed head. Pasture-based Ireland are also here to showcase their app and its role on beef farms and the importance of grass measuring. James Humphreys and Mike Egan are at the red and white clover demonstration plots outlining how to establish and manage red and white clover on farms. And we have information as well on future research clover work that will take place within beef systems. As we know, it remains more important than ever this year to maximise the nutrient use from slurry. So Francis Quigley is outlining the practical steps of using the dribble bar and trailing shoe and how to calibrate your slurry tanker from an app developed by Chagas. Um, Austin Flavin and Donald McCabe are on the grazing infrastructure stand outlining water truck systems, paddock design, battery fences options. And we also have a live permanent fencing demo being done by John Walsh. We also have more boards and technical advice on land drainage by Pat Huhi, receding and grass varieties by Tomas Tubbert. And as we know, 2022 is a high cost year. So we have information on different costs of feeds. For example, at the moment on an energy basis, silage is about three and a half times more expensive than grazed grass. So it really outlines the principles of trying to out, of trying to lengthen the grazing season where possible. So overall, it's a very practical based village with as much demonstrations as possible. And we hope it will be of help to farmers. Huge amount going on, Peter, on the village today. Can you just talk me through for farmers that are looking at establishing white clover? You mentioned there the demonstration plots. What are the key points that farmers are seeing today? Um, Yes. So in terms of establishing white clover, there are really two options. There's receding it or there is oversown or stitching it in. So actually this year in Grange, we were oversown quite a lot of um, white clover. So what we do is you have to identify the paddocks that are most suitable for, so that includes paddocks, particularly with good soil fertility and with a good perennial ryegrass content and particularly that they're not too thick in the base and we can give clover a chance to grow up through the sward so we would generally graze a paddock out really tight and after grazing we use a machine called an einbach um, which spread the clover seed over the ground and after this we rolled it and we let the clover grow away it germinates itself and we come in after we have to keep light to the sward so we would come in at low covers of a thousand kilos dry matter per hectare and less and graze out the sward but you have to be careful that we don't graze too tightly because when the 
clover is first of all germinating the anchorage of the root can be quite weak in the ground so we don't want to pull the clover up out of the ground in that first grazing but we need to graze out tight enough that there's still light getting down to the base of the sward and grazing it in dry conditions obviously reseeding is the other option so in terms of reseeding it's important that we obviously get a good uh, seed bed fine firm seed bed roll it after sowing and we really have to take control of controlling our weeds um, after sowing. So generally spraying a clover safe herbicide like Clover Max four to six weeks after sowing can be a very ineffective way or be a very effective way to controlling grass weeds in the um, newly developed swords. But generally getting clover into the farm will be over a three to four year process of doing a few paddocks each time. And in relation to the red clover, how is that being managed on the farm at the moment? So we actually are only after receding red clover this year. So red clover is not, say, persistent under grazing conditions, but the red clover in a perennial grass forward can last for three to six years and play a huge role in silage systems. Um, we still have a lot to learn about managing perennial grass red clover sward, so a lot of research is beginning on this. Like red clover can obtain high annual lead yields of 15 tonnes of dry matter per hectare with no fertiliser N. So slurry and 0730 is generally applied before each cut as red clover has a high requirement for potassium, which is high in our cattle slurry. Generally, three to four silage harvests are taken from a red clover system up until um, August, September. However, this crop can have poor preservation characteristics. So in the back end of the year, the sward is commonly grazed from September onwards. But we have to be careful because red clover can be damaged at grazing. So we need to graze during optimum conditions in the back end of the year where possible. And so red clover silage, when we are this year, we generally reseed red clover rather than stitch it in. Again, post-emergence control or post-emergent um, dock control and other weeds is important to control four to six weeks after reseeding with a suitable clover safe spray. Um, it is also better to reseed in the spring than the autumn as it gives a better chance for weed control and clover establishment. At the moment, there's ground re-reseeded this year. Um, there is a chickweed in the sward, so we will have to try graze this out of the sward. And we also incorporated a kilo of white clover into our perennial ryegrass clover mix. And so we're expecting that the white clover will take over from the red clover if the red clover dies out of the sward. So we will also be comparing on performance on red clover silage versus grass silage over the coming years. So we will hope to have a lot of information available for farmers over the next few years on this. A lot of interest in research coming from all those trials, Peter. In relation to the app that you mentioned there on how to calibrate a slurry tanker, how can listeners get access to this app? Yes, yeah, so this is an app we can just pretty much Google it on your phone or your laptop, the Chagas Slurry um, Tanker Calibration app. So what you need to do is know the size of your tanker. Um, you have to know the working weight of your tanker and you go into a field, you fill your tank, you fill your tanker and then you go out into the field and you time how long it takes for your tanker to empty and you input this information onto the app 
And then the app will tell you the forward speed your tractor needs to be going at in order to achieve um, your required rate, whether it be two and a half thousand gallons to the acre or two thousand gallons to the acre. A great tool to have for sure, Peter. I suppose the Grazing Infrastructure Village was a huge highlight of Beef 2018. What has been demonstrated today by the advisors on the infrastructure stand? Yeah, so first of all, it did play a huge role. I suppose we need to really outline um, why grazing infrastructure plays a huge role in terms of, say, reducing our residency time duration in paddocks. So after grazing, the grass has little to no leaf area to capture the sunlight to grow. And it's really reliant on the sugars in the base of the plant to regrow. So if you can see when you spend more than three days in a paddock, cattle will commonly go back and graze this sweet regrowth. And consequently, there's less sugars then available for the plant to regrow a second time. And this can reduce regrowth rates. So by implementing paddocks or strip grazing, it provides a good opportunity to reduce the residency time in an area. And consequently, this can improve your grass regrowth. So like positioning a water trough in better areas of field can help farmers to make better use of a paddock system. Like at home, we made a big push and moved our water troughs from the corner of our fields to the middle of the field. And this helped divide a field in four and it resulted in better regrowth without any major additional costs. But really the key principles for grazing infrastructure is first of all, you have to set up the correct size paddock. So a paddock is grazed out in three days. So like a group of 30,000 calves would need 2.7 acres or a group of 10,000 calves would need about 0.9 acres or you could say one acre. Generally, farmers begin using a temporary wire and pigtails at the start as is a cheap setup. For example, a good reel can cost 50 euro and pigtails cost two euro each which can be a cheap investment for the return of good grass regrowths. Um, this is followed by choosing a correct battery fencer. So you might need an output of two joules in a battery fencer to cover 40 acres. We have a range of um, joules here required for different acreage. Um, there are also, say, solar battery fencer options for out farms, which we have on display here. And there's also um, correct water we need correct water systems to be implemented with appropriate pipe sizes. For example, like a three quarter inch pipe can have two times the flow area than a half inch pipe. And there's also say solar power options available for out farms by a stream or river. And these can offer flexibility for a farmer to implement more water troughs and divide up their fields. A huge amount of information, Peter. For listeners that were unable to attend the Beef 2022 Open Day, where can they find out more about this information? There's obviously loads of all the other villages here today, as well as Grassland Village. And for anyone that could not make the Open Day here today, information will be available in the Open Day booklets and on Chagas social media channels. That's great, Peter. Enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you, Catherine. That's all for this week's episode. And my thanks to Peter for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.